0: StarCourt Study Hall contains spoilers for all seasons of Stranger Things. Episodes may also contain graphic content and language not suitable for all audiences. Listener discretion is advised. The views
1: and opinions expressed are those of the hosts unless otherwise stated, and all content and characters are property of Netflix and the Duffer Brothers. I'm Marina. And I'm Amanda. And And this this is StarCourt Study Study Hall. Okay, so a couple of years back, I was sitting on my couch, and I was like, I need to buy all of the iSpy books, and at that point, I was like 27 years old, but I still needed to buy all of the iSpy books, <laughs> so I dropped like, I don't know, a lot of money on like six or seven of the original iSpy books. That's it. That's the story.
0: I really thought this was going to be when you were like 12.
1: no. Nope. <laughs> It
0: was, like, three years ago, and I have them all sitting in my,
1: like, little TV hutch thing. And the only reason that I bring this up is because today, on this podcast, we are going to be talking about Chapter 6 of Season 2, The Spy. Oh yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I spy, with my little eye, a mind flare. Mm Mm-hmm. Papa daddy mind no. flare. No Papa daddy. <laughs> okay. I just thought I would insert that. Great. No. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. So, on with it. Um this episode and we apologize in advance because prior to recording we were like we need to figure out how to pronounce this writer's name. This episode was written by Kate Treffry. I think that Tref- sounds right. Treffry it's t-r-e-f-r-y it was directed by andrew stanton who we talked about and his accomplishments and Mm -hmm. for some reason he's more qualified than us to be involved with this project super weird and this episode as with all of season two aired on october 27th 2017 and here is the summary straight from netflix will's connection to a shadowy evil grows stronger but no one is quite sure how to stop it elsewhere dustin and steve forge an unlikely bond this is actually one of the better netflix summaries yeah i think so i mean it it does leave quite a bit out it does like a lot happens in this chapter and this isn't it doesn't really scratch the surface, but I like this one.
0: I do, too. I think it hits all the, like, important plot points. Mm-hmm. I mean, other than Nancy and Jonathan, but that doesn't really <laughs> further no. the, the upside down plot. So, No, not at all. <laughs> so here's some fast facts
1: for this chapter. We have We have two. The first one is that this is the only episode of the entire series where Eleven does not make an appearance.
0: Yeah, I did not realize that that was the case until I read that.
1: Yeah, and that's obviously to prepare us for the absolute (laughs) cinematic masterpiece that is Chapter 7, The Lost Sister. Yep, it's coming. Where we get nothing but L for the whole 45 to 60 minute chapter. So this chapter, the spy, has no L whatsoever. Yeah. In physical form. Right. There's also a ton of inspiration for this episode. Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom inspired the scene between Nancy and Jonathan when they finally kiss. And I was actually tempted to go and find this scene because I love the scene with Nancy and Jonathan. So I was like, hmm, what is this actually rooted in? (laughs) Stand By Me inspired the scene of Steve and Dustin on the railroad tracks, which Mm -hmm. we talked about that a bit in our little 80s horror episode. Um, And then The Exorcist inspired the scene of Joyce yelling at the doctors. And also, like, essentially the rest of this season, essentially.
0: True, yeah. Um,
1: And there's also just, like, dozens of references to the entire Alien series throughout this chapter. I did not want to list them. There's just too many. Cool. Yeah. So those are our fast facts. No L and lots of inspo.
0: Awesome. And I'm really excited to talk about some of the uh, historical inspo Mm. later on. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) We'll get into it. Yeah. All right. So let's get into our scenes. So we open with a convulsing and very sweaty Will being carted to Hawkins National Lab with Joyce, Bob and Mike in tow. Will has a fever of 106 and claims that it hurts everywhere. <laughs> While the doctors frantically try to figure out what's happening with Will, Hopper is power washed. <laughs> With the hose because he is definitely contaminated by upside down flower spit <laughs> there's this wildly popular game right now called
1: power wash simulator <laughs> and it's essentially just a game where you power wash homes and it gives you like cleanliness markers and there's really satisfying dings Ooh. when the when the house is clean i might get and that. it's just it, it's hop yeah i think you
0: would thrive
1: I, and it's hopper yeah. just being power washed <laughs>
0: Yeah, my last game download in the Nintendo e Store was House Flipper, mm. which is exactly mm. what it sounds like. So I think I would like Power Wash Simulator. You should get it.
1: <laughs> we are not sponsored by Power Wash Simulator. No, but I would love to
0: be. That sounds like a great time. I had to say it also was very reminiscent of another scene from season four mm. <laughs> in which Hopper is mm-hmm. power washed again.
1: I literally wrote, why is Hopper always butt naked being sprayed with cold water from a hose? Like, like are they what... just
0: trying to show us David Harbour's butt as often as possible?
1: It seems that way because his butt is the only butt true. that we get, right? We don't get any
0: other butts in this
1: in this series except,
0: <laughs> except David Harbour's butt. That's true. And like, you know, the Demogorgon's naked butt because he doesn't wear clothes. Do we see Vecna's butt? Oh, you know what? We do. We do see a Vecna butt. Yeah. Vecna ass. <laughs> Vecna ass, if you will. Vecna All right. In Steve's card, Dustin explains the situation with Dart. Steve insists that Dart is just a lizard. Yes. <laughs> sure. He's a lizard. But Dustin insists that lizards don't eat cats. Mm-mm. Valid. Well, Maybe like a monitor lizard might. Sure. (laughs) At Dustin's house, Steve arms himself with his or really Jonathan's nail bat and descends into the storm cellar where Dart is trapped only to find out that he has molted again and dig dug his ass out of there. (laughs) (laughs) I just would like to start off by saying that I'm so happy that
1: we officially really have Stustin. Like this is Mm -hmm. like Stustin time. The time is now. And we have Steve and
0: Dustin, and it's I'm, exciting. I'm also pretty sure we've made it out of Steve being a, a negative character territory. Yes. Like, Agreed. officially.
1: Yes, this is when his trajectory changes a bit. Yes. He's not, like, a mean boyfriend anymore.
0: Yes, he or is. Or a bully. No, yeah, he just stops being a bully. Like, he's thriving as a dad.
1: He is. He really is. I also love how Steve is like, wait a second, how big? Like, in reference to Dart? Yeah. And Dustin, like, demonstrates with his hands how big (laughs) Dart got. And it it just feels funny to me how we had the scene in Dig Dug with Nancy and Jonathan comparing their scars. (gasps) Oh, yeah. Talking about how big. (laughs) And then we get this one with them like, oh, it's this big. It just feels like a funny little nudge to that. Yeah. Right?
0: Yes. Also, when they get to the basement, um, Steve is like, "This better not be some Halloween prank, isn't it?" Like November third. Yeah, you know it's, it's Halloween weekend. Sure, Halloween. Yeah, it's just Halloween. It's just Halloween. It's the whole, the whole week, yeah. and it's Halloween. It's Halloween. Yes. Why it's, is the the malt? I was gonna it's say so that. wet, it is
1: sopping. Yeah, it is absolutely. It is absolutely drenched. In yeah. something,
0: he's moisturized in his own uh, lane. Ah, yes, it's thriving. CeraVe.
1: <laughs> <laughs> the d- Darts Skin Routine, amazing. Chef's Kiss. <laughs> he's, he goes. He's facials. Yeah, he's the most moist boy. He really is.
0: <laughs> he is moist.
1: The moistest. Ew. I just want to say that the second half of season two, Steve Harrington. Is one of my favorite Steve Harrington's mm-hmm. with the bomber jacket oh, yeah. and the nail bat and the hair. Like I am unapologetically swooning. Same. Right now. Yeah. Yeah. He's so brave. Mm-hmm. <laughs> in- <laughs> in ha- mm. <laughs> yes. So I just I had to say that this is like peak fativen.
0: <laughs> I did write uh, that his his hair is very. It's just it's Harrington. Herring, ah, it's yes,
1: Steve Harrington, mm-hmm. Stephen Harrington. Just one more thing: entering the cellar is playing Ooh. throughout this this whole scene of them in the in the cellar, and it becomes like a little. Reminiscent of the Upside Down towards the end of it.
0: It's like a remix of of the Upside Down.
1: It is. It's only in like the last 15 or so seconds, but it's a completely different song. But it does. It goes into that boingy, the Upside Down sound.
0: Yes. My very intelligent musician fiance, one time, like this was like before we even did the podcast. One time he brought up how the Upside Down plays with a different root note under it which is, I don't know. That's what he said. And uh, he was like, yeah, I'm pretty sure it's in Dig Dug. And we like scrabbled through the episode to find it. Oh, and he was he was right. You scrabbled. We did. We scrabbled. Is that, is that different from scrubbing? Yeah, I don't know, actually. But yeah, he he like just thought of that one day. And that's his brain. That's what goes I, on in there. <laughs>
1: that's amazing because I can't even wrap my, my head around that type of thing.
0: I know. Like, yeah, he just came out with that one day. He was like, oh, what is the episode where that happens? And I was like, I have no idea. (laughs) It just shows that, like, everybody watches these things
1: through their own lens. Yeah. Like, he's watching it sometimes through, like, that musical lens.
0: Yes, because I've obviously watched the show much more than he has. But I had no clue what he was talking about. Yeah, that's so cool. (laughs) I know. So over at the Buyers Lab Agents come over to photograph Will's wall tunnel map and Will's drawing of the mind... No, sorry, not the mind flayer yet. It's the shadow monster.
1: Uh, Yeah, I'm struggling with that too. It's the fucking mind flayer.
0: I know. Back at the lab, Joyce berates Owens and the other scientists for being unhelpful and doing nothing. They insist that Will will get the best treatment, the very best, at best. (laughs) at the lab. But she angrily asks what the hell they're even treating him for, exposing them for the big idiots that they are. Joyce slams her hands on the table, demanding to know, what is wrong with my boy? <laughs> <laughs> I think that the scientists
1: saying that Will will get the best treatment at Hawkins' lab and then later getting mad that they're delaying the burn to spare his life is quite contradictory. So true. Like, which is it, my guy?
0: How about do you do just send him out?
1: Are we treating the boy or are we killing the boy?
0: Right. Pick one.
1: Pick do do? pick, a, pick an option.
0: She just absolutely commands this room full of idiot male doctors, and it yes. is amazing.
1: Not only idiot male doctors, but out of the seven men in this room, there is not one person of color. So true. I noticed that.
0: Which is also wild, because we do see people of color working in Hawkins' lab.
1: And we do see women.
0: Yeah, we do see women. They're just not yep. here. Exactly. Yikes.
1: So that's, a, that's an L.
0: Yeah, that is an L. Joyce... Wins best mother award every episode. She wins best mother award. If only every mother advocated for their children like she does.
1: Seriously, she is relentless, and I, I also am impressed at Owens's ability to stay calm mm-hmm. because she is so right, and you're right. She is such an advocate for Will, and Owens just is just stays so even keeled the yeah. entire time.
0: It's amazing. It's it stressful. It must be stressful.
1: <laughs> Squeezing it,
0: yeah, it works.
1: It does. We should all invest in one <laughs> to make Starcourt study hall stress balls.
0: I'm down. Ooh, that's well, a good, fun. Yeah, that's a good merch item. Okay, that well, is. Well, that's the list. Noted. <laughs> I also I have another one actually coming up in the next scene that Ooh. I think I think we could make. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. So next scene, Jonathan, Nancy, and Murray make copies of Owen's confession tape and package them to be sent to several big newspapers. As they celebrate with some vodka, Murray insists that they stay the night. Jonathan asks if he can sleep on the couch to avoid sharing a bed with Nancy, which is highly amusing to Murray, who can't believe that these two have not addressed their sexual tension or their feelings for one another yet. He calls Jonathan out for his trust issues, teases Nancy about Steve, and brings up the real shit, which is shared trauma, and then casually goes to bed, leaving nothing but emotional shrapnel in his wake. Wow. That was beautifully written. Good job.
1: Thanks. <laughs>
0: Thank you. I need. It is a curse to see so clearly on a shirt or a mug or a sticker. So good. I identify strongly with Murray's character. Wow. It is a curse to see so clearly. I love I, that. That is so
1: good. Right. We need to be writing. Somebody. Hello. Yeah. Somebody we need write to write this down. We need a list. Secretary. I don't know, where? Where is that person? Where is my dog? Come, secretize. Yes. Secretize. That's a great one. Right?
0: It is a curse to see so clearly. Yeah, we're going to start a note. (laughs) I'm going to... A note. A note.
1: (laughs) So I googled the address of the Chicago Sun-Times, which was on the envelope. Uh Uh-huh. Okay. It is historically accurate. Cool. Okay. However, the building for this particular newspaper that existed was demolished in 2004. Oh. And since, since moved... But the current address, you ready? I'm ready. Is currently occupied by Trump International Hotel and Tower. <laughs> I when I Googled this address and I got that, I was like, what the fuck is this?
0: Oh, great.
1: <laughs> Yucky. Ooh. So I just I, I and, and that's why I dug a little further because I was like, there's just no way. <laughs> there's just no there's no there's no way and that's when i found out that the original building was demolished and erected in its place was this great place. <laughs> so, and now the chicago sun times is located in a different at a different address. That's but at the time of this in 1984, it was historically accurate. Cool. So,
0: when Murray tries to convince Nancy that she doesn't love Steve and she's like, "No, like i do." Jonathan's <laughs> face is like I know. Um,
1: okay. <laughs> I know. Both of their faces when Murray is making his points about the other one is yeah. just it's it's they're it's pretty funny. They look afraid. Right? As Murray is psychoanalyzing them.
0: Cuz it's all right.
1: It is. It totally is.
0: I don't know how. He just reads and and he does the same thing in season 3 with Yeah. Joyce and Hopper.
1: They also have no issue selling each other out
0: right like (laughs)
1: when we talked about i know we literally just talked for 90 whole minutes about this but (laughs) when when um murray murray is like name name and jonathan's like steve and then (laughs) and then when he's like blah 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 about jonathan's dad nancy's like well your dad is it's kind of an asshole
0: like okay nancy
1: (laughs) they just completely sell each other out it just shows how much was being left unspoken yes between nancy and jonathan yes yeah did you so happen to catch the poster on the wall in murray's bunker
0: the one that says they're watching you
1: he's watching you yeah and i just thought it was funny in an episode called the spy oh yeah but also in the context of them sleeping together, <laughs>
0: it's like there's no privacy in this bunker. Wow, that's so true. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, it is a curse to see so clearly. Mm-hmm. I'm with you, Murray. I yeah. I feel like I am pretty decent at reading people and it's annoying, actually. That
1: is a great, I love that. <laughs> it is so good. We need to figure out where are we putting it. Yeah. Can we put it, is it legal? I don't know, but I don't we're know doing either. it. <laughs> We're we we i am starting a list of potential little merchy things oh. that we can just make for ourselves. <laughs> we totally
0: can. We can for Christmas. I had made sweatshirts with Starcourt Study Hall on them mm. just for me and Marina. There you go. And know. it's our own personal merch. But if if you guys are interested, maybe we can. Yeah, for sure. Yes. All right. So later that night, Nancy and Jonathan lay awake in their separate beds, both frustrated by Murray's accuracy. They meet up and initially dismiss him as drunk and out of line, only to awkwardly go back to their separate rooms. Not a minute later, Nancy leaves her room again to find Jonathan standing right at the door. He kisses her frantically, and she looks confused, only to eagerly return the kiss. The makeout out sesh continues as they fumble back into Nancy's room and slam the door behind them. The first lie plays, and it is beautiful, and we'd love to see it.
1: I feel like I need you to do, like, a, like an audio book. Of like, like, like a smutty audiobook. Oh, God. No.
0: I don't, You just read that so well. Thank you. <laughs> you know, it was probably because I was concentrating really hard because I didn't like reading it.
1: <laughs> I am uncomfortable.
0: So I am concentrating hard.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Jonathan's pajama pants are giving Overlook Hotel Carpet.
0: Oh, I did not notice that. I mean, it's
1: not a great look, but they are very Overlook Hotel. If you wow. don't know, that's from The Shining yes. and the carpet from The Shining is iconic. So yes.
0: okay, Jonathan's
1: PJs are haunted.
0: <laughs> Speaking of Jonathan's PJs, I actually wrote they clearly intentionally dressed Charlie Heaton in like this semi form-fitting flannel because mm. he looked good. He did. Yes, I will. I will. I will say that, too. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. He looks pretty good. Also, things I didn't need. A clear shot of his long ass feet.
1: Yes, correct. <laughs> his toes Ugh. are ve- are here. They should have been credited. I know, right? Like, For like in the credits, toes. <laughs> Charlie Heaton's toes. Oh, God. Like, you know, when they bring up um, Sean Astin and yeah. um,
0: like guest stars.
1: Yeah. Who plays Owens
0: again? Oh, uh, Paul Reiser.
1: Yeah. They should have put Charlie Heaton's toes.
0: Yeah. They deserved a spot. Agreed. Oh, God. We're going to end up Uh, on a list or something. Yeah. I I just.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Not a toe list.
0: (laughs) Oh, oh no. We have
1: spent too much time discussing toes.
0: We have. I just want to
1: say on a personal note, Mm -hmm. watching them go back to their rooms and then mope about it for a second before making that final decision to go for it, is how Nick and I ended up together. Aww. Yeah. So I just wanted to say on a personal note, I find this very relatable.
0: That's so cute. Okay. At the Sinclairs, Erica mockingly tells Lucas about Dustin's repeated emergency calls. When Lucas calls him back, Dustin tells him that he thinks... Dart is a baby Demogorgon, and instructs Lucas to gear up and meet him and Steve at the junkyard. Lucas is very confused by this, understandably.
1: So this is the second time that they've used Erica to transition a scene like this. Oh
0: yeah, the syrup.
1: The first time was with the pan, the like the maple syrup with the squelching and the squirting sound. Yes, I said squirting. (laughs) And the second time, (laughs) the second time was just now when she has He Man. And her Barbie making out, and it transitions right from Jonathan and Nancy making out with the kissing sounds. Ugh. She they keep using Erica like I know. this as like a transition between gross sounds. It's very weird, <laughs> strange choices. It,
0: yeah, amazing. I love when yeah. Lucas is like Steve Harrington, and then he just know. hears his voice in the background. He's like, oh, well, yeah, I guess it is Steve. Harrington.
1: That, that is Steve Harrington. Oh boy, we would be remiss to not point out the sheer number of rainbows in erica's room particularly the one on the door and also the very blatant drawing of a sunflower on what looks to be her little like bulletin board that's so cool i know we have rainbow and we have sunflower
0: and i don't like that the rainbow is on erica's door making it the rainbow room
1: i know but there are a lot of other rainbows in the room okay because i felt the same way i was like what does that mean what are we doing to erica why is she quote unquote in the rainbow yeah. room but there's many other rainbows so okay. but i i think it's still again we would have been remiss yes. because it's it's not and then we get another really subtle one of these later so
0: i also really like that because it it does align with what we learn about erica in season three that she's a huge my little pony fan hmm like i feel like She's kind of a nerd, but the rainbows and flowers still do kind of make sense.
1: Yes, I agree. I agree. <laughs> I also love watching Erica come into and embrace her her nerd, mm-hmm. like her inner nerd. Right. By season four, she's painting little models, isn't she? Yeah. She's like sitting there like painting tiny. Yeah. She really just comes into it. It's it's fun to watch.
0: It's very cute. And I, I love too that the, that happens after she realizes how like useful being a nerd mm. is and, yeah. and like how cool it actually is to be nerdy. right
1: it's so true it's right. so true where did all this meat come from
0: great question did they go to the store like
1: and how is it already cubed
0: we don't right do they just buy it cubed that's pretty expensive
1: it's gotta be to buy I it have like to that ass- i have to assume that steve provided the meat
0: right yeah yeah okay nice i don't know
1: what is funny about that
0: they do sell it cubed like that (laughs) they they do to make like kebabs and stuff (laughs) or like skewers I don't know this has
1: been butcher class (laughs) with Amanda (laughs) butcher class
0: (laughs) okay back at the lab Hopper Hmm. pukes into a bucket and Owens clears him to be released from quarantine which makes perfect sense great (laughs) (laughs) Yes, he's puking, but he's fine. Owen then shows Hopper the now massive mother gate. It is absolutely huge, or as Owens calls it, impressive. And it has burrowed dozens of feet underground to the point where the lab crew excavated a pit to view it.
1: I have a paragraph. Oh, okay. Okay. Are you ready? I'm ready. Okay. Halloween happens on October 31st in Trick or Treat Freak, right?
0: Yes, and usually in real life, too.
1: Ah, yes. (laughs) thank you <laughs> sorry <laughs> nancy and jonathan decide to cut class on november 1st to go to radio shack and call the hollands mm-hmm. in the polywog. okay they arrange to meet mrs holland at the park tomorrow which mm-hmm. would be november 2nd at 9 a.m yes then on november 2nd in will the wise they attempt to meet barb's mom at the park but they are intercepted by hawkins lab It's November 2nd. Okay. Nancy and Jonathan then drive to the motel at the end of Will the Wise and spend the night of November 2nd as seen in Dig Dug. Right. Okay. At the end of Dig Dug on November 3rd, they arrive at Murray's and in the spy, we see them hook up, spend the night and wake up on the morning of November 4th. Okay. Okay. That means that the majority of the events in the spy are occurring on November 4th all of this to say that Nancy and Jonathan were shown Mothergate on November 2nd and by November 4th it is this massive rift wow. that we see in the spy so they dug out a whole ass pit installed this elevator <laughs> and Mothergate grew that much in less than 48 hours
0: yeah i guess so that's true like how i don't know i feel like i feel kind of dumb but like i don't really understand what the mind flayers end game was in possessing will to be honest hmm right what was he trying to do
1: i never thought of that i don't know i just accepted it i was like (laughs) yep that's what we're doing in this show
0: i always did too and but like now i'm like why what was i mean
1: is it just is it just a means of accessing the human realm to start the dominance like to start the hostile takeover is like was he just like one point of Mm -hmm. and i mean i go back to the exorcist like why reagan yeah of is it was it just a hostile takeover and it like it's just a a, i mean i don't know why do demons ever possess anything
0: (laughs) yeah i don't know because like but the mind flayer like had the demodogs though as like little minions so i don't know but Maybe. how
1: much could the mind flare have done his maneuvering? I guess what I'm asking is, how much of a role did will being possessed play in the mind flare moving forward with his motives or mm. operations? And then, I guess if we want to take this one step further, is this the mind flare possessing mm. will? Yeah. And then if that's the case, then it wouldn't, the motive would be to get to L, right? If it was Vecna using Will as a vessel to get to L. Maybe. I don't, but it's a great question. I don't.
0: Maybe it has to do with like in season four with Vecna, how they say he's able to make gates because he makes a powerful psychic connection with his victims. So mm -hmm. maybe it's the psychic connection that's allowing the gate to grow.
1: I love that.
0: All right. Thank you. <laughs>
1: I think that makes a lot of sense because, it no, seriously, I never right? thought of that. It could
0: be that. It's yeah.
1: almost happening in tandem. Like Will's mm-hmm. possession is progressing at the rate that the mm-hmm. gate is opening.
0: Yeah. It does make sense.
1: That makes plenty of sense. And then it would also make sense like because they even say this is his brain yesterday. This right. is his brain this morning. And this is his brain now. And you can see how rapidly it's progressing. Yes. And how rapidly the gate is opening. Yeah.
0: Wow. We solved it.
1: Wow. You did that. Thanks.
0: Wow. Yeah.
1: Okay. That's the end of the podcast.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's funny, though, because this was my... It was, like, kind of my question, too. Like, I wrote, like, did it grow since we last saw it? Like, it was,
1: 100... Well, because when Nancy yeah. and Jonathan see it, it's yeah. not that size. And then now no. there's a whole pit dug out and an elevator. And it's... The rift is at the end of this season when you see l close it and her and hopper go down into that tunnel pit hole yeah it it doesn't look it's unbelievable to me it's it's like like we talk about suspension of disbelief i'm like what happened here like why is this all of a sudden this size but that would make sense Yeah.
0: yeah if it
1: was growing at the rate that the mind flayers psychic connection to will was building
0: that makes sense yeah
1: we've been building it (laughs) (laughs)
0: wow that was fun it was fun great
1: i'm glad that you asked that question that's a good question
0: so joyce explains all the events of last year to bob telling him about ndas and confidentiality and he takes all of this surprisingly well as bob does and he again suggests moving away will wakes up but concerningly has zero memory of bob mike who has not been home for days where's karen uh stares (laughs) at his friend with worry
1: i like how joyce and bob are discussing the watered down version of what happened to will he got lost in the woods
0: yeah he is such a ride or die he is (laughs) like i mean at this point like what option does he have i guess but like (laughs) uh, right like you know you can't be like no i'm not signing those ndas they'll just be like oh, we're gonna kill you then um all right
1: see you later (laughs) yeah
0: disposable down the chute chute. (laughs) take him out back well to come with this guy am i right oh shit (laughs) i i felt so bad though because she seemed like ready to move
1: i know but (laughs) listen bob and joy's talking about moving to maine is awfully similar to max and lucas talking about going to the movies and Joyce and Hopper talking about going to Enzo's. Don't the characters uh, in the show know to not make plans stop with one another? making plans. Please do not <laughs> prepare for the future. Stop it. That is such a, a staple, oh. I feel like, of the anxiety experience, isn't well, it? Yes. Like if you don't make a plan, nothing can go wrong. Wow. Whereas if you commit to a plan then you're opening up the door for things to go wrong. So true. No plans, characters yeah. of Stranger Things.
0: I really hadn't thought about that.
1: And then Bob dies. hmm and, and we then... presume Hopper dead, and right. Max is questionable.
0: Right. We don't know yet.
1: Stop making plans.
0: Yeah. No more plans, people. Also, <laughs> I thought it was kind of funny that the Mind Flayer just doesn't know who Bob is.
1: Literally just doesn't fucking know him. He's like, like... who is this guy? <laughs> he's just as confused as we are as the audience yeah (laughs) the mind flayer not knowing who bob is is equivalent to steve calling max this random girl yeah like (laughs) it's like who's this new character that you guys introduced
0: yeah i don't know this guy (laughs) hold on he wasn't in season one
1: but like speaking of memory loss how is will's possession different from the flaying in season three i don't know and, like, Billy didn't suffer memory loss.
0: No, he kind of, like, was able to, like, turn it on and off, sort of.
1: Seemingly. Well, not him.
0: I guess the Mind Flayer was turning it on and off, but. Yeah. So like, it just. Yeah.
1: It got me thinking, how how is this possession different from. How is being possessed by the Mind Flayer different than being flayed? Right. I
0: don't and know. And why
1: is there memory loss associated. I mean, we we will get into why the memory loss from, like, a brain perspective, but.
0: Oh, I wrote about that, too.
1: Yeah. But, like, how is this different? How are Billy and Will different?
0: Yeah, I don't know. Billiam. Both both Williams.
1: Both Williams. Yeah. Imagine if Will the Wise was, like, also a little bit like, like Bill the Wise. <laughs> like <laughs> Billy. I mean, there's two Williams.
0: Yeah. Right? He could be wise. He could be. All right. Over breakfast... Murray continues to relentlessly tease Nancy and Jonathan with repeated innuendos, asking Jonathan how the pullout was. (laughs) Nancy finally calls Karen, but Jonathan can't reach Joyce or Will at his house. They leave with a parting gift of vodka from Murray, who tells them not to contact him again, thanks. (laughs) Me signing off my emails at work. Please hesitate. Please Please hesitate to ask. (laughs) (laughs) if you need help email someone else (laughs) i just
1: don't talk to me two things um jonathan is eating breakfast wow he is he is eating breakfast and murray's breakfast looks schmackin does it i didn't look oh it looks good murray can cook
0: oh well we know that yeah we
1: do the risotto
0: right i know what's going on here everyone hates the risotto everyone hates the risotto (laughs)
1: no no it's great
0: uh nancy is giving sexy eyes to jonathan at the table oh, yes like, you are time. right
1: <laughs> you are so right i literally wrote is this supposed to be like wow what a great night
0: yes <laughs> <laughs> like why
1: is she like doing that it's i like... know
0: she's flirting with her eyes uh,
1: but natalia has very flirty eyes she does her like.
0: eyelashes are very like straight but long so it makes her look all like fluttery We have spent so much
1: time talking about Natalia Dyer's eyelashes. We have. (laughs) They're really nice.
0: They're nice eyelashes.
1: Eyelashes. Yeah. I just want to say that the wheelers are so emotionally damaged by the buyers.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Right? Yeah. It's not the buyers' fault,
1: but like Nancy and Mike are such collateral damage here. I know. Like, poor Mike. Imagine being Mike and witnessing the first scene of this chapter of Will like convulsing and being like tranquilized with that needle. Like, he's like, how old? And this is something that is going to be burned into his retinas.
0: Yeah. Like, he won't ever unsee that. Can't unsee. And he's
1: what, 13?
0: Yeah. Like, this kid's a bit scarred for life so many times. Just a wee bit. Yeah. You know, we all have trauma. Whatever. Mm. It's fine. <laughs> Everything's great. Lucas goes to Max in order to prove that his story was real, but he almost encounters Billy, who is the p- <laughs> the picture of health, as he pumps iron while smoking a cigarette. Of course. Mm. We love multitasking. <laughs> Max sneaks out her window, hops onto Lucas's bike, and the two make their escape. So round and round. Yes.
1: By a band called rat rat. <laughs> rat with two t's with two t's yes. is playing as billy works out like it had to be a band called rat oh <laughs> like for oh, billy
0: i didn't even think of that
1: i'm sure the duffers didn't either but yeah. like rat
0: yeah well wow. come on now wow why is max's skateboard broken do i did something happen that i don't remember
1: is it broke oh because she's, she's repairing it, the- it yeah Oh, I don't know. I feel like it's just like skateboard shit. Yeah,
0: maybe she just fell off. Right? I don't know. Like just um, like
1: taping stuff and like, sure. Yeah, I don't know, Whatever. Like, skateboard shit.
0: So when uh, Billy asks who was at the door, Max says it was Mormons. <laughs> Mormons. Talkative <laughs> Mormons. And I looked it up and about 1% of people in Indiana identify as a member of the LDS church. Oh,
1: interesting. So there are
0: Mormons in Indiana. I got it. Okay, fair enough. Yeah
1: yeah they were just soliciting yeah they're there so much religion in this chapter there is a lot
0: of religion
1: <laughs> like what yeah. is that about yeah we'll we'll get we'll get some more real soon yeah i kind of love seeing lucas as the one now with the girl on the back of his bike i know after he gave mike such shit true in season one and also we need to talk about how lucas was the skeptic of season one who Mm. has now fallen for the skeptic of season two wow yeah true skeptics unite that's kind of cute it
0: is cute they're like we don't believe anything (laughs) (laughs) Uh, but like for different reasons like lucas has a wonderful stable family and yes he he doesn't have any reason to have trust issues but max does yes very true yeah so back at the lab Will's memory loss has escalated and he is now struggling to remember not only Bob but Hopper, Owens and Mike too. Will recalls that the soldiers burning the tendrils hurt him and he claims that they they upset him
1: by upset doing so. Him.
0: Side note, I say that to Eli all the time. <laughs> you shouldn't have done that. It upset him. <laughs> In reference to your cat. <laughs> yeah, or, or me. <laughs> or you. I'm him. <laughs> Owens produces the photo of the shadow monster asking if this is the him that Will is referring to. Will confirms. In an attempt to figure out what in the absolute hell shit is going on, <laughs> Owens brings in a severed tendril from the tunnels and burns it, which causes Will to have an intense visceral reaction, as the kids say. Are the kids saying that? Don't they say that? Don't the don't kids know. say
1: that? Like, aren't they saying, like, I'm having a visceral reaction?
0: Oh, uh, yeah. Okay. I could. Yeah. That's like a, I don't know. Isn't it sounds like right. a thing. Maybe. You're making me feel old. I don't know. Now I, I know what old. the kids say. Yeah. <laughs> we, work, we work with the kids. We know what they say. You're right. We do work with yeah. the kids. We do. The kids being, you know, 18 to 24 year olds. Those are the kids. They are. <laughs>
1: This scene makes me really question the 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 sentience hmm. of the 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 MF. The, the, the this fucker, MF, <laughs> this MF, this MF right here. <laughs> this mind flare, like I'd almost say that this pushes the concept of sentience, hmm. right? Because there's like a motive and a revengeness. Yeah,
0: that's true. Revengeness there's...
1: is totally a word. Revengeness. Yeah, there's like a a malice. Yeah. Yeah, he ha- he's holding a grudge. He's literally holding a grudge. This asshole is holding a grudge. And I don't know, sentience to me, that's like another layer to it.
0: Right, like what is sentience exactly? It's an awareness.
1: Yeah, I googled okay. it. Okay. Because I was like, what is sentience exactly? And does it include motive and mm. plot? I don't know. I- I'm not sure, but... For some reason the mind flare having a concept of revenge gives me beyond this is more than sentience yeah, to me. I agree. There's something else at play. Yeah. It's probably a Vecna. Yeah. Which I I don't want to talk about it. Yeah, I'm not ready. <laughs>
0: I'm not ready. My body is not ready. No, my body is definitely not ready for that. Oh, I like that the mind flare is like Mike. Yeah. Friend. <laughs> and then with bob and hopper it's like who is Mm -hmm. that who is this man gross ew (laughs) men
1: (laughs) i never thought of will's forgetting of people as a mind the mind flayer forgetting yeah (laughs) it was always just to me like who's most meaningful in his like he he prioritizes mike the most over hopper and bob and bob the least yeah you know what I mean? And then Joyce the most because right. he ultimately doesn't forget. But it's funny to think of it as like the Mind Flayer. Be like, Who the fuck are these people? Yeah.
0: Hold on. Wait a minute. Hold on a second. <laughs> I don't remember these guys. Just one minute there. <laughs> <laughs> I also like to think about when Hop or when Owen shows Will the drawing of the Mind Flayer and he's like, is this him? I like to think that the Mind Flayer is like, I mean... I didn't think my head was that big but okay (laughs) yeah I guess
1: I mean this isn't like the best representation of how I see myself but if this is what this little boy has conjured then yeah yeah close enough I mean it's pretty good it's really good it's really good like Will's really good at at doing that
0: yeah his photographic memory is Mm. like on point there you go all right, so in the hallway, Owens attempts to scientifically explain Will being possessed, comparing his condition to a virus and pointing out the hive-mindedness of it all. Joyce asks him what happens when Will can't remember anything anymore, but Owens has no answers. Literally nothing. He just... Not, nothing. He's trying his best. Yeah, but I don't know why he keeps pretending this is like a normal illness.
1: Uh, that's a good point. Like I even wrote his in I, I commend his insistence on right. keeping this as scientific as possible.
0: Right. Like in a way, it's like respectable that he's like he's trying to he's trying everything he can to explain this in a way that he knows how to treat, I guess. Mm. Maybe that's But to it. your
1: But to your point, it also makes no sense. Right. Like Owen's you know what you're dealing with in right. the basement of this building. Like, clearly this is beyond your your medical and scientific horizons. Right. <laughs> like, we are dealing with something beyond. So why do you keep trying to fit what's going on with Will into this box? I know.
0: I don't get it. I really don't.
1: A great, yeah, that's a, that's a good point. I don't know. Yeah. We do get our first hive mind <laughs> of the series here.
0: We do. we've officially
1: we've we've entered the hive mind yes
0: we have so on the railroad track steve and dustin leave a meat trail for dart as steve criticizes dustin for keeping a dangerous creature just to impress max yeah i agree steve Mm. lazy boy plays as steve explains how to properly woo a woman so here we go step one act like you do not care about them step two use farrah Fawcett hairspray step three wait for the sexual electricity step four be stealthy like a ninja <laughs> and that's how you do it that's it that's the method if yeah. you go on wiki how yep those are the
1: steps it's true yeah yep if you Google how to get a woman, that's what comes up. It works.
0: Just, I mean, we're we're women, and we it's a we approve. It's, it's a foolproof a, method. Foolproof, without any flaws. Nope. Sexual electricity. Bzz. <laughs> <laughs> there it was. Ah, <laughs> uh, so cute. I know it really is, and it's you know it's okay advice. It's actually sure. terrible, but but it's like cute that he's trying. Yeah, it's what say, it's how he, it's what he, it's how he knows. Yeah, right. Like he's, know? he's speaking his like love language his to truth. Dustin. Yeah. <laughs> he's speaking his truth.
1: <laughs> yeah. Good for him. So I did a tiny bit of color symbolism Ooh. here. Okay. Just because we have the very yellow gloves worn by Steve and Dustin. Hmm. And then we have the same yellow on the marking flag that you Ooh. see. Interesting. To, yeah, to mark the rot. Okay. So I just looked up like yellow, just just yellow. Okay. Um. Yeah. And yellow, in a positive context, is associated with friendship. And I just thought that it was nice, like that they were wearing these gloves, and this is like a newfound friendship that they have. Why am I tearing up? I know what's going on. <laughs> I'm gonna know. change that. I mean, and then the yellow of the flags. In a negative context, we all know what like yellow means. It's always like a caution. Mm -hmm. So I just thought it was like there was just a lot of yellow going on and it just didn't feel like it was by accident.
0: That's really cool. I like that it's both friendship and caution. Oh, yeah. Right? Like, yes, we're, we're keeping each other safe. We'll put it that way.
1: Yeah. I also think that's when you when you broaden that a bit and you think about the rest of this chapter, like you have Mike and Will's friendship kind of tested here because mm. he knows that his friend is compromised so it's like while you have this friend he now has to proceed with caution with his friend right oh. who's now possessed yeah. by a mind flayer that's tough when that happens i hate that that happened to us
0: once yeah possessed by it was a, mind... a hard
1: time it was... Amanda was possessed by a mind flayer yeah it, it was, was tough.
0: rough <laughs> we got through we it we did we made it we got through it all and here <laughs> we are all right. Wrapped in a blanket in his truck outside of Hawkins' lab, Hopper calls Elle on his Morse code radio and apologizes for their fight. He emotionally tells her he doesn't want her to get hurt. He doesn't want to lose her. And she needs to eat real food, not just egos, And make sure you eat all the peas, even if they're mushy and gross. And of course, she hears none of this because she is at Mama's house. <laughs> And I wish she did. It was so sweet. Oh,
1: I know. Hopper opens up and gets emotionally vulnerable, and she hears none of it. (laughs) It's so bad. Like, this doesn't happen
0: often now. I know. Like, he struggles. He does a lot. He's on the struggle bus. Yeah. Even later in the series, like in the last episode, he, like, semi-opens up again to apologize, Mm. but, like, we never get this again.
1: No, and it's funny because it's like he can't he can do it seemingly not face to face
0: yeah which is true for a lot of us i think it's a lot easier to say things over you know text or voicemail or Mm -hmm. whatever right yeah so i had to bring back this reference from an earlier episode where Hopper's about to apologize outside of Elle's room like right after mm. their fight. And the light is coming through the slats mm. uh, like in the wood uh, into the cabin. And you can see like the dust particles floating. And it's it's very like pretty Ooh. like ambient. And uh, when he's issuing the apology and we get the shot of the empty cabin, mm-hmm. the lighting is like that again. It's the same. Yeah. yeah. It's very pretty.
1: I do like that. That's a good catch. Thank you. I think it's also kind of really heartbreaking that Hopper thinks that Elle has been waiting for him for two days to come home, right? Yeah. And she's not even there, so it doesn't matter. But on his side of things, he's like, oh, my God, she probably hates me or she thinks that I'm staying away because I'm mad at her. Right, that
0: I abandoned her. Yeah. Yeah. It's
1: just so sad.
0: It is sad. And now that I've just, like, said that out loud that, like, maybe he thought that she was thinking she was abandoned, it's kind of interesting to think that, like, both of them have abandonment issues, really. Mm -hmm. Like, both Mm -hmm. her and Hopper have lost people and been left behind, and... Mm -hmm. So I think uh, they both struggle in the same ways but don't really know how to, like, verbalize.
1: Yeah. And the other part about this scene is that Sarah's hair tie on Hopper's wrist is really apparent. Yeah. So... The fact that all of this is happening and he's like confessing and saying sorry and we're talking about abandonment and losing people and you have this hair tie really prominent. Mm. I think it's it's there for a reason.
0: I agree. All right. So back inside, the scientists and Owens view imaging of Will's brain, which seems to be showing more and more abnormalities by the hour. Owens demands suggestions, but the scientists are concerned with the gate's growth because they haven't been burning it to avoid killing Will. The scientists seem to think Will's life is worth keeping the gate in check, but Owens does not like that. Also, his brain looks like a scary face.
1: It does. It's creepy. It is. I
0: don't like brain imaging. It's very creepy.
1: It's too symmetrical. Okay, interesting. Right? I don't know. Brain pictures, they're yeah. so symmetrical.
0: Kind of creepy. I've never had like an MRI or anything done. But I'd be interested to see what my brain looks like.
1: It probably looks like other brains. It
0: does. It's probably pretty similar to like most brains.
1: Yeah. yeah. You probably have like an average brain.
0: I I think so. I think standard. Under, yeah. Standard model. <laughs> the standard model.
1: The generic
0: <laughs> brain TM. <laughs> It's like the kirkland brand (laughs)
1: bowl and basket
0: (laughs) that won't make sense unless you
1: have shop rights as your supermarket oh right
0: yeah those are like only in the northeast i think yeah most part right amazing bowl and basket uh (laughs) i like when owen says say that to me again yeah which So I thought about
1: this a little bit, right? Because I think that it's at this point when our feelings about Owens begin to change. Yeah. Right. When the other doctor says, um, then quite frankly, Sam, it kills him. And then, and then Owens says, like you said, say that to me again. Yeah. Like right now as viewers upon first watch, which we can never be again. Right. Right. With no context of the future. We're continuously comparing Owens to Brenner. Of course. Still. He's the tool bag in the white coat. Yeah. At Hawkins. And I think he already comes off like less villainous than Brenner. Mm-hmm. But this scene, I think, shows us the value that Owens places on human life, which is like a stark contrast to the carelessness we see with Brenner. Yeah. Where Owens is, like, trying to desperately save one life, like, Will's one life, Brenner was willing to kill four children, Mm -hmm. Will included, to get Elle. Very true. Yeah. So I think at this point we're kind of weary of Owens, but then we start to shift because we're like, okay, this guy's not fickle and, like, careless with human life.
0: He's siding with Joyce, basically, and Mm -hmm. he's he's now... Basically doing what Joyce was doing in the previous scene, being the only advocate for Will in the room.
1: Yeah. And we don't have anybody yet in Hawkins' lab who we can, as the audience, identify as on our side. True. So now we finally feel, I think, like Owens is on our side.
0: Yeah. Uh, I just briefly wanted to talk about the limbic and paralimbic systems that Mm. they mention They show when Will's brain scan and they show uh, like two areas that are inflamed and they refer to them as the limbic and paralimbic systems. So those are responsible for emotion, behavior, long-term memories Mm -hmm. and processing of sensory input.
1: There you go. Yeah. That's why Will has no affect and that's why he's losing his memories.
0: Wow. Yeah, so interesting. And interesting too – That it says long-term memories because, weirdly enough, like, he remembers Joyce and and Mike, Mm. which would be long-term memory. Mm -hmm. But then he doesn't remember the people who would likely live in his short-term memory.
1: Where does the short-term memory live? I don't know. Let's see. Short-term memory in brain. Prefrontal cortex. But isn't that part of the limbic? I thought. Because we talked about the prefrontal. Yeah, amnesia can result from damage to brain structures that form the limbic system. Okay. Which controls emotions and memory. So maybe there's a generality to Mm -hmm. memory and it's not specific to long term. Yeah, maybe. Maybe it's just memory in general.
0: Yeah, because we talked about the prefrontal cortex in uh, our lobotomy episode, Mm -hmm. which, yeah, I think it can damage either long term or short term. So, yeah, it's all connected. Cool. Yeah. All right. In Will's hospital room, Joyce grows impatient and angrily attempts to speak to Owens to no avail. Will dials in on the guard's gun, but Mike interrupts his reverie. Will snaps out of it and insists to Mike that he thinks he knows how to stop the shadow monster. And judging by your face, I think you have the same question I do, which is what What is the gun about? What the fuck does the gun have yeah, to do with anything? Why no did idea. he like Nye-nye-nye. like? <laughs> I don't. <laughs> that's right. him dialing in. Yes. I, <laughs>
1: yeah i i I didn't write the question but then reading you hearing you read it it just like i'm like what does anything have to do with the gun
0: yeah like my guess my only guess really was that like the mind flayer uh like these maybe he's thinking like these guys want to hurt me because they have a gun or like he recognizes them as the soldiers quote unquote Mm. so Mm -hmm. like he's like oh i can get revenge on these guys i don't know
1: yeah it's I would love to know what the actual logic was behind that decision, because all we can do is sit here and guess. Yeah. Like, I I've had the same thought as you. Like, maybe it's like a, identifying a threat mm-hmm. or identifying those who hurt him. Yeah. Like, oh, it's those guys. But then there was there were no guns at the scene. It was it was flamethrowers. Right.
0: So I don't I don't know what the connection is, honestly.
1: Why does Will zero in on the gun? Tell us. No clue.
0: So Steve and Dustin arrive at the junkyard, and Journalistic Instinct plays yet again, even though the song doesn't exist until season four. They pour the raw meat all over the place, and Dustin stares longingly at Max as she and Lucas arrive on his bike. Dustin finally learns that Lucas told Max about the events of last year, but Lucas assures him that she didn't believe him anyway. Steve, Lucas, Dustin, and this random girl start (laughs) prepping the junkyard for battle why is the only one who's helping me this random girl (laughs) it's like thank you steve he's like so genuinely annoyed i love it (laughs) yes
1: and he's he's also like i just feel like that is literally the audience this entire season so far yeah like we were not receptive to max immediately and steve is like this re- Steve is always breaking the fourth wall. Yeah. He kind like of like in season four, right? With the flashlights, when he's like, How did everybody get a flashlight? Yeah. <laughs> you know that the audience is always like, How the fuck do these fucking kids always have flashlights? Yeah. Yes. Steve is just
0: always breaking that fourth wall. That's very true. I think in season four, he also like kind of dogs Dustin a little bit about making sure he has batteries for his walkie talkie. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Um, I think Walkin' and Hawkins is playing here. I could be wrong. Like when. Uh, Yes, it is. You're right. Yes. Yes.
1: Yes. 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 I did. I wrote that. Yes. Nice. I yeah. can
0: identify music too sometimes. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not as good at it though.
1: <laughs> I'm not doing it from just my brain. Sometimes I am, but most of the time I'm I'm looking at it. Oh, up. okay. That's I'm like good sourcing know. it. Yeah. I would say like 30% of the time I'm like, there's that one. But yeah. then the other 70, I'm sourcing it.
0: And as we get further into the other seasons, like at least for me, it's gonna be less and less because mm-hmm. I know the season one soundtrack so much better.
1: Yeah, I'm starting to really appreciate the season two soundtrack, though. This watching this and like getting to know the music, it really is good. I might have to like give it a give it a solid yeah listen. But before we move on, I just want to make note that all of the cats are officially out of all of the bags. Oh yeah, there's no more cats in any bags. They're all out. Darn, Lucas, no no more cats. Oh man, including (laughs) Muse. Yeah, that's true. (laughs) Mm no more cats. Lucas knows that Dustin was hiding Dart. Yeah. Dustin knows that Lucas told Max everything. Mm-hmm. Jonathan and Nancy are finally hooking up. Great. Elle is on a truth adventure. She is. Everything is coming together.
0: Wow. So true. Yeah. And the, well, kind of truth is being revealed to a bunch of major publications as we speak.
1: There we go. Yeah. Great.
0: Blowing this shit wide open. We sure are. So, Jonathan and Nancy return to the buyer's house to find it empty and covered in drawings. Jonathan finds the drawing of the shadow monster and a Polaroid cartridge, which is not his. He deduces that someone else has been in the house.
1: <laughs> Jonathan is like, for the love of God, why is it always my house? Right. <laughs> it's like, oh, my God. not again. I've really started to think of Jonathan as just like a on the ride. Like, oh, Nancy, can we please
0: just relax? <laughs> and oh, why is it always my house? <laughs> Which is funny because that's kind of the role that Will takes on in season three. Yeah, Can we just play D&D? <laughs> please. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I I said something similar that it kind of takes me till this episode to realize that Jonathan and Nancy literally have no idea that something weird is going on. Like outside no, but, of their quest,
1: but you see when Jonathan can't get through, yeah, to Joyce and Will, that's something you watch it go off in his head. Mm-hmm. He's like, "There's something. Something is up. Something yeah. is afoot." Yes, for sure, it's danger afoot. Yeah, and I think this is also a nice demonstration of Jonathan's intellect. Mm-hmm. We get like a good Jonathan's like, "This isn't my cartridge." Yeah. Something is something is fishy. Something is stinky and fishy. And stinky you know, fishy. there's maps and drawings all <laughs> over my house.
0: Yeah. Poor Jonathan. Well, he yeah, he's really good at putting two and two together. Much like Nancy is.
1: Yeah. They do I share liked that. This, I liked us I liked being aware of their dynamic more in mm-hmm. this watch through, like watching Jonathan actually do things.
0: Yeah. So back at the lab. Will uses the Polaroid photos of his map to identify a large open space in the tunnels. He says the shadow monster doesn't want them to see there, and he thinks it's important. So before you get into (laughs) your thing, which I'm very excited for, uh, I have one other shirt idea, and it is, hey, jackass, why don't you do us all a favor and shut up? (laughs) hopper says yeah hopper says it to one of the random scientists <laughs> seriously though like we were all
1: thinking it i know it was so every, great every time a scientist spoke who wasn't owens i was like shut the shut I the know, fuck like, up, shut, shut up. Shut, shut, stfu right dude nobody asked you who
0: it, even are you if you were one of voldemort's minions you would have been mm. a vada kadabra three times already vada kadabra vada like the one guy in in like right when they're going into the Battle of Hogwarts and he's like, hmm, my Lord. And he's like, I'm running, I'm running.
1: if anybody is interested, go onto YouTube and find Voldemort laughing for like <laughs> 10 hours straight. It's, it's literally. Yeah. It's this just the same clip played on repeat for 10 hours and it will make you smile if you care.
0: That's so fun. Yeah. I'm glad he's happy.
1: All right, let's do this. All
0: right, let's do this, y'all.
1: All right, everybody sit down, buckle in, get out your Bibles. <laughs> <laughs> this is officially a, cate- a catechism course. Oh,
0: my goodness. We're going back to back to elementary school here.
1: Huh? All right, so I'm going to preface this entire rant by saying that Amanda and I are not religious people. We do not observe or participate um, in anything. However, we were both raised Catholic. Yes. Um. So we have this foundation of information in our brains uh, for this exact reason. I realized <laughs>
0: like writing, literally this, just for this. writing
1: this episode that the reason that I was put through four years of, of Catholic school and the reason that Amanda went to CCD and yes. joined youth group was all to lead up to this moment.
0: Yep. I totally joined youth group for that reason.
1: That was the reason <laughs> why Amanda joined youth group. <laughs> Um, but yeah, we are not, we don't subscribe. Um, we texted stop a long time ago. Uh Uh-huh. So let's get into it. At this point, we have this shot of the table in Hawkins Lab, and all the scientists and Will and Mike and Hopper and Joyce and Bob are all standing around this table. And all the pictures are laid out on it, and you get this like kind of wide shot of them all. And it is very much intentionally giving the Last Supper vibes. Heck yeah. Yeah. Um, And we did post this to our Instagram last week because I just couldn't help myself. But it is quite literally down to the hand gesture of the man on the right side Mm -hmm. of the painting, um, which is if you're sitting in Jesus's chair, the left side of Jesus. Okay. We're going to talk about Jesus. Go Google (laughs) a photo of the Last Supper if you don't know what the hell I'm talking about. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So, according to the Britannicas, and for those of you who don't know, The Last Supper is a Christian Renaissance painting by Leonardo da Vinci that depicts the final meal that Jesus had with the 12 apostles before he was arrested and crucified. Okay. It depicts the moment that Jesus declares that one of the apostles, Judas, will betray him. Okay. So, there are two ways we can look at this. Number one, Will as Jesus and Owens as Judas. So spatially, this makes sense. Hmm. Jesus sits at the center, roughly where Will is sitting, and Judas sits three to Jesus's right, which is the left side of the painting. Okay. In about Owens's spot. So it's not a perfect parallel, right? Because we know that Will is the betrayer in this chapter, not Owens. Yeah. Yeah. But under this interpretation, I think we are simply meant to understand that there is an act of betrayal underway,
0: mm-hmm.
1: right? Also, if Owens is sitting roughly in Judas's spot, what does that eventually say about Owens, right. if anything?
0: Like, that that scares me for season five,
1: if yes, he's like, still with us. Yeah, like, will Owens betray at some point,
0: Yeah.
1: right? The second way that we can look at this, which i actually like better once i thought of it Mm -hmm. was that mike is sitting it it would be mike as jesus and will as judas Mm. now where this interpretation comes in is when you consider the controversy there's a whole controversy surrounding this painting and the depiction of mary magdalene Mm. in the painting now some believe that the figure immediately to jesus's right in the painting so the left of the painting is Mary Magdalene. If you subscribe to this belief, that makes her the only woman present in the painting. Mm -hmm. Now in our still from the chapter, we also only have one woman, Joyce. Yes. Present, right? So if we use Joyce as our point of consistency, that makes Mike Jesus, not Will. Because Joyce is immediately to Mike's right as Mary is to Jesus. Right. Right. So with Mike as Jesus, we actually get Will closer to Judas's spot in the scene, which is obviously more in line Mm. with what is about to occur. Mike is the one who realizes that Will has set a trap, Jesus, and Will as the betrayer, Judas. Interesting. Yeah. And, in regards to this interpretation with Mike as Jesus, I also think it's important for us to remember who is most often depicted as Christ-like on this show. Because we've talked about this. L is often the savior, mm-hmm. right? So with Mike as Jesus in this interpretation, is it possible that Mike is supplementing for Elle? Like, mm. remember that she is entirely absent from this chapter. This is the only chapter we don't have L. So, yeah. do we need to fill the savior void? And is the most reasonable person to fill that void Mike?
0: It, yeah, I mean it could work because I'm looking at Jesus as more of like a sacrificial mm-hmm. figure. Um, sure. Like it could go either way, I guess. But like. In a way, Mike does sacrifice himself later when mm. he realizes it's a trap. Like, he's he's running in, guns a-blazing, like, to go yeah. warn these people. So, like, in a way, he is kind of sacrificing himself. I guess that could work, but I'm not sure. I feel like the other... In- well, I don't know if you'll get to this other interpretation of Will kind of being both.
1: Will being both the betrayer and the savior?
0: Yeah. Well... In this in this sense, I mean the betrayer and the sacrifice. Okay. Like it could be both. Yeah.
1: It definitely could be. And I also think Jesus is a whole shtick. Yeah. Right. He's is the whole that thing. His sacrifice was a demonstration of being a savior. Mm. Yeah. So I don't think they're um mutually exclusive. Like you can the whole sacrifice was to save. True. So you can be sacrificing and saving.
0: Yeah, that's true.
1: At the same time.
0: Which I think, in that sense, does align more with Elle's usual plots. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: What a doozy.
0: Yeah. And it's, I mean, yeah. If you haven't seen it, please go look on our Instagram. The parallels are wild. It's it's like exact. I mean, there's it's no so way. cool. There's no way it's an accident.
1: No, you don't place a bunch of people around a table like that without thinking of that that piece of art. I'm sorry. No,
0: and I I just have to say, like, I think that there's a lot of people out there who are skeptics about this kind of thing. But I feel like there's no accidents. And I'd like to remind us that this is not the first time we have seen Christian or Catholic religious imagery in this show. Mm -hmm. Uh, Both the Demogorgon and Henry in season four, when they get vaporized... They are in a Christ crucifixion pose being vaporized. And
1: Vecna literally strings up his victims yep. in a crucifixion pose. Yeah. Like Elle is literally mm-hmm. looking crucified yep. when she's in Vecna's mind layer at the end of season four.
0: Yeah. So like there's no way that's an accident. It's just no. not. No. Sorry. No. And and one more thing. I mean, obviously we're not at season four yet. But a lot of, vec- well, no, all of Vecna's victims kind of either have a past trauma or, like, in Fred's case, he actually had a sin to atone for. Mm. And that is interesting that yeah. he, he chose at least one victim who actually had something to answer for.
1: I just thought of something. Hm. Wouldn't it be so fascinating to try and pick out the seven deadly sins in this season? Uh Like, find, like, pointing out envy, pointing out greed, pointing out gluttony, pointing out pride. Like, wouldn't that be a wild lens to look at this season or even show through? Okay. (laughs)
0: We're doing it. Yeah. But, like, also we're doing it. (laughs) Yeah. Wow. That sparked a great discussion. So as the soldiers begin their descent underground to find the space that Will pointed out, Steve and the kids barricade the abandoned bus in the junkyard and pour a trail of gasoline onto the bait meat.
1: Mm. Gaso- the bait meat.
0: Gasoline meat. Mm.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Yum. We get soldiers playing as mm. this montage occurs. And it is a, it is such, it is so good. It's such a banger. Certified banger. Certified Grammys (laughs) nominees.
0: Yeah. I was going to say I love this track so much also. Oh, it's so good. I'm glad you pointed it out.
1: Yeah. It is. And I also think we're meant to understand the literal soldiers, Mm -hmm. right, as soldiers, but also Dustin, Lucas, Max, and Steve are also soldiers in their own way here. They are. They're both, everybody's prepping
0: for battle. Everyone's being so brave. Battle cry. Yeah. So I would cry (laughs) if I was in battle. (laughs) So night and a thick with two C's fog has descended upon the junkyard on or in on or in the school bus. (laughs) I don't know. Which is it? (laughs) I don't know. You could be on the bus or in the bus or. But, like, you could be on the bus if you're like sitting on the bus, like on top of it. Well, that's like, right. Well, yeah. Like, Max
1: and Lucas are on the bus.
0: This is like online versus in line. What do you say? If you're like waiting for something, on. Yeah, I think I would say I'm waiting online too. But I think I would say I'm waiting in line if it's moving.
1: Isn't that weird? So, when the line is stagnant, you're on it. Yeah. But once it starts to move, you're in it. Yes. OK. Yeah. So are you are they on the school bus because the school bus is stagnant? Mm. But if they were in the school bus going to school, <laughs> they would be in the school bus.
0: Maybe. I don't know. In this case, I feel like to be on the school bus, you have to be like in the seat on your way somewhere. I don't know why it's backwards in my brain. I don't know.
1: Prepositions. Yeah. Emma. Right. They're dumb,
0: <laughs> Stupid English. Don't end sentences with them. It's bad. Why did we get degrees in that? I don't know. Stupid English. Uh, So anyway, in the school bus, I'm going to go with in. Dustin calls Max an idiot after she asks if the Demogorgon was just a bear, and Steve (laughs) commends his smoothness with the ladies. Max retreats to the roof where she opens up to Lucas about California, her parents' divorce, and Billy's abuse. She confesses that she never wants to be like Billy and apologizes for being a jerk lucas assures her that she's nothing like her brother and the two share a sweet moment before being rudely interrupted by a loud roar so i steve is just giving like such bad advice (laughs) like he's not reading the room at all no no we also
1: see his plan backfire immediately because lucas expresses deep care for max in this scene And he asks her about her past, and he listens to her, and he provides her reassurance. He doesn't pretend like he doesn't care. He does the opposite, and he gets the girl. Right,
0: amazing. Bad Steve. Yeah, terrible. And and speaking of uh, like Lucas really showing he cares, his like active listening, Mm. like posture, and Mm -hmm. like his whole face changes. It like made me tear up. Like yeah, watching him genuinely care was so sweet. Lucas is. This is
1: a beautiful scene. It is. It really is. He's just so, you're right. He's just active listening. Mm-hmm. Actively listening.
0: He is. And I think his dad has a lot to do with that. I think his parents have been mm-hmm. good, good love role models for him. Agreed. Right? Yeah. They're the only happy couple in the whole show. So, <laughs> or, I know. or happy married couple, I guess you could say. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I also really appreciate like Max's vulnerability because I think similar to Owens in this chapter, I feel like she's giving us more reasons to integrate her as the audience. Mm -hmm. Like she's apologizing. She's because, you know, thus far she's been a jerk to our main character. So we're kind of like, who is this random girl? Yeah. But now she's like owning up to it. And I think we get like the, The full acceptance of Owens and Max at this point, because they make amends and they show us that they can be trusted.
0: Yes. Yeah. And Max gives us even more reason a couple episodes from now Mm. when she absolutely eviscerates her own brother.
1: Can't Mm -hmm. wait. Yeah. And I also think we see, so Max and Billy are both angry. Mm hmm. Right? They're both angry about their parents and their situations and their step parents, but she is aware of how her anger is manifesting and she is remorseful, whereas Billy is just angry. Yeah. And he lacks self awareness and he has no remorse. Yeah. So I can appreciate that their anger is stemming from the same place, but they are choosing to do very different things with that anger.
0: Yeah. Very true. Yeah. So, as Dart emerges from the fog, Steve and Dustin notice that he is not taking the bait. Steve realizes Dart might prefer living food and grabs the nail bat, giving Dustin his lighter. He disembarks the bus and starts to sp- 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 to Dart <laughs> as, the, <laughs> as the two approach Here, <laughs> So cute. As the two approach each other, Lucas sees three more demo puppies appear to Steve's right. Steve fights his way back to the bus as the demo dogs begin their onslaught.
1: Did did you pick up on this bus trailer, Eddie, Steve, Dustin, sacrifice parallel here oh, going on? Oh no, I did not, but now i have (laughs) yeah like this scene of dustin and steve on the bus is very similar to the scene in season four of dustin and eddie in his trailer in the upside down and dustin has to reconcile with this role model of his going out and sacrificing himself for the greater good here and we obviously know steve is fruitful and successful to some extent and comes back but Eddie is not so lucky. Mm-hmm. And I wonder if in season four, when Eddie leaves the trailer, does this part of his life with Steve come back? And he's like, shit, we're back here. Yeah. This dude, like, it just, it reminded me yeah. of that scene on the trailer with Eddie and Dustin. This one with Eddie and Steve, or uh, Steve and Dustin.
0: Very similar. I like that he, like, whistles at the demo dogs like mm-hmm. they're regular dogs. It's like, hey, buddy. I know. I know. I almost feel like the Demodogs are kind of <laughs> scarier than Demogorgons. And they're I think it's like they're f- they're feral. Yeah. Right? Like they're they're full animals. Like the Demogorgon mm-hmm. is kind of almost humanoid and yeah. it feels like he can reason or like sure. A little bit, I don't know, but the we demog- can relate to him. <laughs> right, he's relatable, just like us. But the <laughs> but the Demodogs are like scary and and fast, faster, I think.
1: They are fast. Yeah. They're very
0: fast. Yeah, Max. They're rabid. They're just rabid. Yeah.
1: That's a bear.
0: Yep. It's just a bear.
1: We also have to point out that there are three demodogs to Steve's right. Uh-huh. There are three to the right. Oh. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Three to the right? We're three to the right. Wow. There's nothing to the left, but there are three to the right. Cool. I did scour the rest of this chapter for a four fifty and a four to the left, but I couldn't find anything. Darn. But we have a sunflower, we have a rainbow, and we have a three to the right.
0: Wow. So, on the bus, we're under attack. Dustin is frantically attempting to radio anyone for help. Mike, Will, God, anyone. Anyone. (laughs) Also, like, same,
1: Dustin. Is it Mike who is God or is it Will who is God? We are trying to figure out the same question.
0: Which one is it? Who's God? (laughs) So one of the puppies climbs onto the roof of the bus (laughs) to peer at them through the sunroof. Max has a rude awakening as the puppy opens its pretty flower face to show her it's definitely not a bear, before any real harm is done, though, something mysteriously calls the demodogs away. Max and Lucas find themselves holding hands and then quickly pull apart. The crew cautiously leaves the bus, and Dustin asks if Steve scared them away, only for Steve to quickly deduce no, they're going somewhere. Wow. <laughs> Ape, great. Thank you for those deduction skills, Steve. <laughs> Once again, saved
1: by the hive mind. <laughs> they're going somewhere. I mean, I will say, like, and that's a good thought. You know, it's a good thinking.
0: Yeah. I mean, clearly they're going somewhere. <laughs> I can't. This whole
1: scene reminds me of Jurassic Park. Yeah. Yeah. Right. With the car under attack and the yeah. velocitorexor operators.
0: <laughs> I have not heard of that dinosaur.
1: <laughs> uh, I don't know that one. <laughs> The The Velocitorex
0: are operator. I have to ask my (laughs) four-year-old nephew about that one. He knows every dinosaur, so.
1: It's probably in the Museum of Natural History.
0: Mm, Yeah, it probably is. (laughs) (laughs) So deep underground in those tunnels, the soldiers approach the empty spot on Will's map. Watching the cameras, Hopper recognizes where the soldiers are headed as the area that was littered with human and animal bones. The soldiers hear a low growling and a very concerning (laughs) maniacal laugh. Okay, as fog starts to roll in, what is that? The
1: laugh or the fog? Both.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, but everybody go watch this scene again. There
1: is a, <laughs> yeah,
0: like it it's creepy. It sounds like a laugh, like I don't know. It, it can be, I guess, like a weird growling pattern, but I, I don't it's know. It's like
1: too rhythmic. Yeah, I don't know. There's something about it that sounds more like a laugh than a synthesizer,
0: right? I agree. I don't know. It's weird. Yeah. Also, I'm just gonna stand on my soapbox for a second. Can we please stop using "ladies" as an insult?
1: I know, right?
0: It's so but annoying. I mean, it's the, this is isn't this the, yeah. the the dumb the
1: dumb idiot who That's who true. said is this kid a schizo or a wizard That's, earlier in oh, the chapter? True. Yeah. Like, stop using "schizo" colloquially, so please. So true.
0: Again, like
1: right? rude.
0: I get that it's the '80s, but not cool, yeah, man. not no.
1: Cool. Can we just go back to religion for a second?
0: Of course. Always. Okay.
1: All right. So these soldiers are really being led like sheep to the slaughter here. If they right? are. They are. Right? Yeah. Haven't they? There's some sacrificial lambness happening mm. here. And I just want to preface this next part by saying that this podcast has truly led me to places that I never thought I would go. Yeah. Me too. Okay? <laughs> a- according to Sheep 101 info.
0: Not <laughs> Sheep 101 info. <laughs>
1: sheep are mentioned over 500 times in the bible wow they are the most mentioned animal in the bible we love sheep yeah and it is (laughs) not lost on me that the soldier that we saw die to the upside down in season one was named shepherd
0: (gasps) oh my god wow wow Jesus.
1: Literally. He's here. He's here. The the sacrificial lamb himself. Wow. Right? Oh, that's good. Oh. That's good. Oh. Also, just one step further here. If we want to frame this scene differently, Mm. sheeps. Yes, that is the plural of sheep is sheeps.
0: I thought it was just sheep.
1: Nope. It's sheeps. (laughs) Okay. It's sheep. I believe you. Sheep operate in flocks, and follow their shepherd, mm. which is very hive-mind-esque. It is. Mm. 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 Yeah. Mm. Sheep. All
0: right, wow. that's it with the religion. I'm done. That's really good. I got good. nothing. That's good. <laughs> that is very good. In Will's hospital <sighs> room, Will apologizes to no one. Just, like, out loud. To, <laughs> like, he's just staring into the void. Sorry. <laughs> sorry. I think he says, I'm Sorry. <laughs> He apologized to to no one in a moment of clarity and says that he made me do it because they upset him. Mike Mike has a moment of realization and quickly points out that Will is the spy before Ah. running they said it. Before running out of the room, desperately trying to get into the control room to warn the soldiers that they are walking into a trap. There is Jesus. There he is. Warning us about the betrayal. Yep. Dozens of blips start to appear on the radar. Blip. (laughs) Blip, 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 blip. <laughs> it's season four. Oh, yeah. Blip, blip, blip. You know what? When blip, they're
1: in blip, the car. Blip, blip, blip. <laughs> when I wrote blip, that's what I thought blip, of. Blip. All right. Anyway.
0: <laughs> Dozens of blips start to appear on the radar, all moving towards the soldiers. The demodogs quickly pick off the soldiers in the tunnels as the cameras turn to static and silence ensues we've got company boys (laughs) (laughs) it's such like a so tropey it's a movieism like a movie yes
1: that's the technical term a movie yeah that's it nobody says that in real life no never nobody no one is i'm gonna start
0: yeah next next time we go to eat lunch and there's like people sitting (laughs) i'm just gonna text you we've got company boys
1: This is another moment for me where I have to wonder how the mind flayer reasoned through this, mm. right? Like, if we pick off these soldiers, we leave the humans with fewer defenses.
0: Oh, maybe that's what the gun thing was about. Like, when Will hones in on the gun, maybe that's what it was about. Like, getting rid of all the, all the people who could defend? defend them. Yeah. Maybe, yeah. Could be. I'm not sure. I mean, for sure. I I just know, like, I I really feel bad doing this, but, like, I feel like there's someone out there listening to this and they're like, oh, my God, how are you guys so dumb? Like, how do you not get this? Because I do that sometimes with podcasts. Uh, Yeah, no, I know what you mean. Like, I'll be listening and I'm like, obviously that's incorrect. Why do you keep saying it? So I'm just worried that someone is doing that to us.
1: That's why I said if you guys know what's up with the gun, like if it's a very apparent thing, then tell us. Be like, obviously the gun means X because we don't know what the gun means. We don't.
0: So if you know, please tell us because if we're missing something really obvious, let us know. Which is highly
1: possible. We've gone down many rabbit holes. Sometimes it gets all muddy. It
0: does. What would we do without Mike, though? What would we do without him? I don't know. I mean, granted... He doesn't really, there's no, it
1: doesn't, doesn't it's too late, it's too late, it's too late. It's too
0: late, which he says. And also, uh, Finn Wolfhard's acting in this scene is chef's Mm -hmm. kiss. Very good. Noah too. Yeah.
1: These two boys in this. They're good. It's a good, a good acting for the young ones.
0: Yeah, it's really good. Also, but like, in a way, he did help, though. I think that he saved them like precious seconds in escaping. Mm -hmm. So I, I think it was worth it. Mm hmm. All right, so in our last scene, in the control room, Hopper checks the radar and realizes that all of the demodogs are moving down a single tunnel. Will menacingly tells Joyce, you should go now. They're almost here. As Hopper looks over the edge of the pit, the claw of a demodog appears and the screen goes black. Oh, Lord, they come in. (laughs) (laughs) Will
1: warning Joyce is very sad, but it is... It is also like moving, but it is also very similar to his run from season one when he spells run. Oh, yeah. In the lights. Right. And he like finds it in himself to warn his mom.
0: Right. Like he he's able to dig deep and Mm -hmm. tell her even though he's like 99 percent mind flayer by this point.
1: Yes, and in season one, he's about to be taken by the Demogorgon and he finds it in himself to warn Joyce. Mm -hmm. Like, this is two time now. Two time. Two time. Two time. Two time.
0: time. Not just one time.
1: (laughs) (laughs) It's also very poltergeist, like, with the they're here. So,
0: had to point that out, too. Um, Yeah. So, that's the end of chapter six. Hooray. And just side note. If we wanted to skip chapter seven, we totally could, because this episode ends exactly where episode eight opens. Like in the same. We can't same, skip chapter seven, the same Amanda. Sh- are you sure?
1: We cannot <laughs> skip the lost sister. I'm I sorry. All right. We can't do it.
0: Okay. All right. MVP and LVP. So my MVP was hard.
1: Yeah. Um, But I actually chose Steve. Me too. Oh shit. I did. He, I said he's heroic. He defends Lucas. He defends Dustin and Max on the bus. He takes Dustin under his wing. He almost sacrifices himself, another sacrifice, yep. right? For the kids. He makes the connection, although you're not impressed, but I was that the demodogs have gone somewhere. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I mean, it's not it's not that the connection is unimpressive, it's just the way he phrases it. Like, <laughs> yup. They yep. they left, so I'm guessing they are.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Usually when people leave, they are going somewhere. They're going somewhere
0: else, yeah. The
1: implication is there. <laughs> oh, that's so fun. I Why know. Why did you choose Steve?
0: I said pretty much all the same stuff. I said he was immediately all in for this plan. Mm. He basically mm-hmm. was willing to sacrifice himself. Uh, he supports Dustin, becomes his cool older brother, and it's really yeah. it's cute.
1: It's so good. Steve for the win. I agree. I think Lucas is honorable mention, though, because I love mm. the way that he listened to Max.
0: True, true. For me, it was Mike as honorable mention mm. mm-hmm. because he was just so in tune what was, with what was going on. It's just that we didn't see much of him this episode, yeah. but he definitely gets a shout out from me.
1: Yeah, and well, even though we didn't see much of him, what we did see was really impactful.
0: Yes, I agree
1: nice yeah this was hard for mvp everybody did so well i
0: know it was a good episode and i know that because picking an lvp was kind of hard too same who did you choose i chose will <laughs> okay <laughs> i sort of did too because i said can i pick the mind flare
1: <laughs> so like it's is the same thing yeah <laughs> they're the same picture yeah
0: same it's the same picture <laughs>
1: so yeah i chose will like i know he can't help it but he's a he's being used as a vessel for evil yeah
0: that's not good we don't like that no
1: and i do understand that we would have no show if will's possession like didn't take place but thanks a lot like people have died
0: i know right rude but speaking of like no regard for human life i also wrote if we needed a human all the workers of hnl except for owens yeah they all suck very true yeah they they're bad
1: their sacrifice was worth it.
0: I agree. <laughs> <laughs> I'm lying. That's not true. I know. That sucks, <laughs> but whatever. All right. What about uh things that couldn't happen in 2023? I only have one thing, and it is that Steve and Dustin might not have ever crossed paths or become friends.
1: Oh, I love that. That's terrible. I
0: know. Because (laughs) of cell phones, because Dustin would have been able to reach somebody via cell phone, probably. Sure. And he wouldn't have needed to team up with Steve. And Steve probably wouldn't have even shown up to the wheelers.
1: No, he could have just texted her.
0: That's so true. Romance is dead. Thank God it
1: was 84. I know. We wouldn't have Stustin.
0: I know. We'd never get Stustin.
1: I love that point
0: this is a sweaty episode we were busy it was a
1: very sweaty episode very sweaty and religious sweaty and (laughs) and will is about to get very sweaty and religious yes he is our next chapter episode i'm so excited Mm. we are we are talking not in our next episode but our next chapter episode we're talking about chapter seven the lost sister
0: i mean it's everyone's favorite
1: we all know that this is the best episode of the series, so we are so excited to talk about The Lost Sister.
0: I actually am because I feel like Same. it's going to be fun to talk about completely different characters, completely different mm-hmm. settings, so it, it'll be fun. Goal. Goal. Redeem
1: The Lost Sister. Okay, we could try. We're gonna redeem it. You guys are gonna love it by the end. This is a lofty goal, but we are gonna try. We are <laughs> ambitious and we persevere, just like
0: Nancy. Yes, we are. We are ambitious young ladies, and I think we can do it. Same. All right, guys. Well, till next time. Stay straight. Stay sweaty and sweaty.
1: To keep in touch and stay informed about upcoming Starcourt Study Hall episodes, follow us on Instagram at Starcourt Study Hall.